You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Count Out provides a wide variety of bonus content that is right at your fingertips. On the Count Out Patreon, our podcasts are creating bonus content exclusively for you, their listener. For only $5 a month, you can watch instant reactions to major shows, watch-alongs, early access to main feed podcasts, some fun goof and gag audio, plus shows from some of the podcasters' outside interests. It's the best way to experience all that the Countout Network has to offer. So head on down to patreon.com slash countout to take part in some of the best and most fun content wrestling has to offer. Again, that is patreon.com slash countout. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And welcome to Ring Post Radio. We have a special sort of bonus episode here for you today. So we're very excited to have uh, um, Justin Nipper here uh, from uh, Pro Wrestling Noah, the overseas PR rep for Pro Wrestling Noah, a staff writer for the Wrestling Observer. And of course, always joined by Scotty. I don't know why I gave him second billing, uh, but, it's uh, but it's fine. He's still here as well. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining us for this special episode. We're excited to talk to Justin. We're very much excited to have you here. Uh, so thank you, Justin, for being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, well, I'll throw it over to Scotty first. Scotty, I'll let you get the first question. Yeah, so I, I've heard you talk about this on, uh, you know, with Mike and JD a little bit, but I kind of... Uh-oh, those two troublemakers. <laughs> They're going to get me in trouble one day. No, no, it was a good thing. It was a good thing. So obviously, <laughs> you know, it, with the way Japanese wrestling is coming out of covid and obviously covid's not gone but 
you know, we're in a we're in greener pastures now and with Muto retiring. I want to ask you a bit about, you know, Noah's decision to start working with New Japan and All Japan and like why was now especially the right time? And I'll toss Dragon Gate in there too, because they've been working with Dragon Gate for quite a while now. Well, I can't speak to the Dragon Gate relationship because, like, like you said, that's uh, there's always been a little bit of a connection with uh, sure. some of the guys backstage, and I, I think Eight has been with the company pretty regularly for the past year or so. But um, as far as New Japan goes, uh, well, there are a couple ways, like angles, you can think about the big angle or, or, or perspective that you can take in this sense is that, especially from both the people in the industry and fans of the industry in Japan they're talking about the feeling of a post Muto world and what Muto final did in, in February, it wasn't just Muto's uh, retirement match, but it fell and functioned like the official end of that. Hey, say a little bit of Showa era from the late eighties into pretty much now. And Muto was one of the only active characters uh when i say active i mean people who still wrestle who were still wrestling regularly as an active not not as like uh, some wrestlers stick around for a long time but they end up being more of a supplemental helping out uh they're on cards and the opening of the events but what muto final did was it really sealed it for everybody everybody felt like okay that era, that golden era of pro wrestling in Japan, it is over. And we gave Muto's flowers and we got to celebrate Chono, celebrate Hashimoto, Misawa all in one shot, even though they couldn't be there themselves. It was a very uh, meaningful, symbolic event and moment for a lot of that. And the idea, to come back to your question, Scott, working together to try and build back pro wrestling in Japan to where it once was 20, 30 years ago. Now that that's not this, uh, you know, rigid plan. It's more like the spirit in the air. The only way to, to keep this boat afloat is to all work together. Cause if you go down, we're all going down. You know what I mean? Right. It's that kind of thinking. The other take on this is a lot of the people that I work for in the office at NOAA, they came from new Japan years ago. And a lot of the people that I work with, they were a part of the team that launched the whole Bushy Road era, New Japan World, that that whole pivot that New Japan took are a lot of the same players that are working for NOAA now. And th this is as of like 2020 when Cyber Agent got involved and Cyber Fight kicked off. It was more around that time. So not only is it just good for the general public it's just good for pro wrestling yeah where ever we are competing but it's not like um it's not like manifest destiny or something like people think yeah. of it over here it's more like you know it's just how it's got to be uh working together but but also there is that back door between noah and new japan and also you have to remember that new japan is primarily it's primarily owned and run by Bushiro, but TV Asahi has a big part in that. And TV Asahi also has a small stake in Abema Digital Television, which is the company that produces NOAA. Hmm. So 
you've probably seen there actually on the fight channel the the abema fight channel they've even shown uh new japan programming in the past yep. uh you could get the pay-per-view earlier this year it was the new japan um noah the, the january the show kingdom. congo versus lij kind of thing yeah uh, and then wrestle kingdom before that uh uh so there is that back door too. It's not like, I don't know. I feel like some people, especially fans, when they talk online about it, it's like they're informed only by that Monday Night Wars documentary. <laughs> and I mean, it's cool. It's great programming, but I'm telling you, it's not like everybody's out to get each other. It's right. It, it's a business. And the way that business works is if you can, the hardest thing about making things work in wrestling and in business in general is how can we get a win-win situation? That's harder to do than nothing, and it's harder to do than having some a deal that's one-sided. And I think right now, I think it's just good for for the landscape. Um, the day-to-day is always different, like in any other profession, but the, there's like a, a healthy and exciting pathway that's open. It's not something that all the companies are going to depend on, but it's it's cool to have that as the landscape in Japan right now. Sorry, that was a little bit of a long-winded answer, but <laughs> it was perfect. It was a perfect answer. No, I, I agree that like the the Monday Night Wars, I think at least for American fans, has clouded a lot of promotional quote unquote rivalries, and they just assume that every promotion is out to get each other and it's all cutthroat. And as you describe, it's more of like there's a huge there's not a huge thing, but there's like a, a financial tie-in sort of between all these companies in Japan. A little bit more um, talking about that as well, talking about how, you know, Muto uh, uh, has retired and sort of that coming out of that pandemic pandemic. Do you do you see the relationship with these companies uh, lasting longer or flourishing and growing more? Or do you think Noah or some of these other companies may get to a point where, you know, I think, you know, Noah's like, oh, we're, we're ready to go full full steam ahead with with our brand new stars and international talent, we're ready to go. We don't need these. We don't need Dragon Gate anymore. Is that something that you think that uh, Noah might be interested in flourishing relationships more or lessening, backing it down at some point? I don't think it's something that's like, that's as conscious as that, as much as it's like, in Noah, I guess compared with New Japan, for example, it's a lot more fluid mm-hmm. in terms of booking. And, you know, if something's good for business, you know, yeah. let's do it. And it's less about um, like exclusivity to company because the idea of like using uh, wrestlers who aren't under contract on your show in Japan, it's not it's not like as uh, taboo, I guess, as it's been here. I guess. It, I mean, it's always been a part of uh, of wrestling in Japan and it always factors into like the storytelling of a match. So I think. It's like, you know, the doors are open for business. No forbidden doors, you know. If, if <laughs> It's like, you know, let's have some great wrestling. And yeah. I think that's the approach. So it, I don't think there's any plan to, like, you know, go full on WWE and ice out contracts and things like that. I think sure. it's better. Right. F- and I, th- it's better. And it's also, like, just more of the way that things are. There's no, uh, like, 
you can appear on Abema, but you can appear on other channels too. So it's not like back in the nineties where there are those 90 day freeze outs where you couldn't appear on TV. It's just a different, the rules are different now because the platforms are different. Uh, so, but I, I, I can't give like a clear answer, but I think, you know, if something's working and if it's cool and if it works for everybody, why not? And I think that's just my philosophy in general. Let's do business. Yeah. I mean, speaking of being cool, I, I want to go right into this because I want to know your thoughts on this. Cause to me, I think it was the best story at least to kick off the year in pro wrestling, obviously Kaito Kiyomiya, and Kazuchika Okada was really the story. I think I heard, I saw a lot of people call it the feud of the year at that point, and we didn't even get the match yet. It was just, you know, that that brawl at the uh, Wrestle Kingdom in Yokohama Arena show just pretty much changed everything. That was the match at the Muto show everyone was most looking forward to. And altogether again, by the time this interview comes out, has already happened. So I'm sure they, uh, you know, they focused on that. Kiyomi was very open about that he said i'm only looking at okada no one else is there with me um how how do you feel that has helped or do you feel it's helped kiyomiya more than hurt him because i know a lot of people like well he lost and you know okada beat him kind of the biggest star right now in new japan so it's not to me it was always that's a great thing because i know they'll come back to it it feels like they have to come back to it for those who are bothered by a pro wrestler losing in a pro wrestling match, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Like, I listen. I'm gonna say I would say with about ninety nine point five percent certainty that this is a that what you saw in February is a sliver of a program that's probably gonna go three to five years. Mm. Okay. Uh, I, I'm not saying that I don't have any knowledge of anything, but the booking w- was clear. And it, uh, in Japan, yeah. it, it's still based on the long-term booking. And mm-hmm. there's no, in, in the States, especially with young fans, we're so conditioned to week-to-week television booking. What's going to happen next? What's going to happen next weekend? What's going to happen on Friday? Because that's going to lead into what's going to happen on the pay-per-view on Sunday. Yeah. Like there's a really fast pace. Uh, and people want they want definitive yeah. stories they want answers they want open and close move on to the next where it just it's just not the nature of things over there so uh creatively i thought that the booking and the match at tokyo dome i thought it was genius mm, um I, did too. I actually i i don't it's, it's hard to explain but something like that Okay, it might bum some people out over here, but in Japan, him losing in that fashion really fired people up for Kiyomiya. Yeah. It's a it's it's that's when it comes down to a big cultural difference. If we want to get a little off into the weeds here and get a little wax philosophical, go for it. I think okay, very much so as someone who's lived as an expat for a good amount of my life, both in Japan and Europe and here, uh in America, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that in all of us is instilled this idea. The great Ricky Bobby said, if you're not first, you're last. <laughs> that is a really, really, it's so apparent. And when I see people talk about wrestling like that, in just a simple win-loss kind of way, if you, lo- if you lose, you are a loser. If you win, you are a winner, which is, is 
it's so far from the thinking of it's so far from sports psychology in Japan. For example, Kenta Kobashi, we all know him. We all love him. He's one of the greatest of all time. He lost his 61st. He lost 60 matches before he could even win a match Mm -hmm. when he started out, before he could change his tights to those orange tights. And by the time he won, the guy was figuratively on fire. He was not literally on fire, (laughs) Um, but uh Doing your best, giving it your all is way more valued than a win or a loss in Japan. And it, and it's not just in like, um, it's not just wrestling. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Koshien uh, High School Baseball Tournament in Japan, but ba- it, it's, I don't know what to compare it to, but it's, it's, it'd be like March Madness here, I guess. It's a, it's a high school baseball tournament, the best teams in the country. It's, Usually, like a uh, you know, people stop working to see the final uh, match or or game match. Listen to me. Um, and the losing teams cry so much. I mean, and you see the people in the crowd. It's like their dreams are shattered, but that gives the fans they feel so much sympathy for those players, especially if they're young. So the idea of like losing a great game in your youth, that's, it's such a, um, it's like a special experience to have. And it's really admired by a lot of fans. And I think Kiyomiya is absolutely the perfect person to do this. He's only 26 years old. Yeah. Holy moly. So by the time he's 30, you know, so uh, I am so happy and confident where all of that is is leading and i know this will be released after uh, altogether again but i expect those two to have a feisty and fiery showdown standoff and they're those two are so good that they can honestly just stare at each other and get a huge (laughs) reaction when i was calling the tokyo dome show that we were positioned near like the pa so if if the ring if the ring is here and there's like four sides you can be on we were like all the seats in the back and then there was like all the electric like the the pa and they're running the monitors and us and when okada was walking down that long ramp he was walking he stopped he just looked over at our section of the crowd and the whole (laughs) section just went whoo it was like magic the dude's amazing the dude has that's presence like Mm -hmm. he just shot a look at people and they were electrified so I am as if Okada is in it, if Kiyomi is in it, let them do their thing. I trust them so fully with whatever they're going to do. This is, I, and I think back to the original question, it's a great way of building a story without having, you have stars, but it's just not like the nineties, 60,000, the Tokyo dome. It's just probably not going to happen, especially with the setups that they have now yeah. with all the monitors. But um Japanese wrestling, I believe, is in good hands. So I agree with that. Sort of going off what you just said there, I'm going to go off the page a little bit, Scotty. Do you find that that sort of like American philosophy of winning versus losing is tough in your field of being like the overseas PR person for Noah? Like, do you think like it's hard to, do you find it challenging to try to like sell the idea of like, hey, you know, America, 
it's not always about that. It's about, you know, you can look good in defeat. It's not always about looming. Do you find that sort of challenging for you? It's an interesting question. Yes, but I, and I get discouraged, but also I've been to Japan. I know how it, it works. Yeah. And it's not a yeah. Japanese thing at the root. It's a human thing. I agree. Sure. Agreed. I, it, I I think that's one of the, that's why it's, you know, we're talking about it right now. A bunch of American guys talking about Japanese pro wrestling because yeah. at the root, it, you can uh, sell this to anybody because it sells itself. Mm-hmm. I right. mean, the match that just happened a couple hours ago, Nakajima and Kino, come on. Like it, that's the stuff that makes my job easy. Yeah. It's yeah. easy to get behind that because it's awesome. But yeah, there's definitely like I, I see like the pushback and and that's we need to do a better job of explaining what I'm talking about right now on commentary and our videos. I, I really want to go harder explaining, not over explaining the stories, but just giving people enough of the context to really enjoy it. it it's like enjoying it in black and white tv versus hd mm-hmm, and sure. it's uh japanese culture in general is like a very high context culture yeah, so yeah. it's very detail oriented i get if you want to just kick back throw on some wrestling there's there's tons of products that can please anybody you don't have yeah. to you don't have to engage that much as an american i guess it might you might be asking more of a fan to a lot of the hardcore fans seem to do a lot of legwork too in mm-hmm. diving into the stories, looking through footage, trying to figure out how I feel something, but articulating it in English isn't it's it's harder, but it's discouraging, but it's a good challenge because I don't think it's that far away. I think it just needs uh we need practice in watching as fans yeah. and it, it needs to be presented, I feel, in a certain way. I, I mean, the difference I feel between New Japan and NOAA, I feel that New Japan has always been more of an international stage that's based in Japan that I rank right along AEW, WWE, where NOAA mm-hmm. is there too, but its product is hard-hitting Japanese mm-hmm. pro wrestling that yeah. that can offer Lucha Libre, that can offer uh, stars from around the world, but the main product... I mean, this is discussions that I've had with my people. It's like, the, did you ever heard the term cement? It's more of a Japanese term, but it's basically like, a, like sh- not shoot, but just hard hitting. Yeah. Hard, hard hit, more along the line. It was used for things like UWFI, UWF, sure. yeah. and so on. That's so cement hard hit. <laughs> Absolutely. Perfect, perfect example of that, Scott. Absolutely. And that's a style... I was talking to somebody and I was saying that uh, there was that Kenny Osprey match. Yeah. That, that was this year. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, so it like, was this year. It's yeah. hard to believe. That's crazy. <laughs> and in its own, it was, it was so its own thing. They're they're yeah. They do their own. Th- it's, it's kind of transcending pro wrestling into their own. They're doing something that's theirs. Yeah. yeah. And in that sense, Kano and Nakajima did just that, but with a different vocabulary. Mm-hmm. They were using different riffs. It's a different flavor, but it's. I think they're the only ones who can do that. Yeah. And I think, and it, yeah, it's kind of like 
Again, to get back to the question, there's only so much explaining you can do after a while. And sometimes you got to really put it, you have to go all in on the wrestlers and let them prove what I'm saying. I can talk all day, mm-hmm. but if the guys aren't good or the girls aren't good, I, you know, there has yeah. to be that element. And that's like the realness of Noah and the realness of really good wrestling is that there is that unspoken, but like internal feeling of this is special. I don't know exactly why I'm enjoying it. I don't, I can sit here and analyze it, but there's a feeling I'm getting in my stomach. That's just like, I want to go crazy. I want to scream. I want to fucking see, oh, excuse me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're fine. Uh, uh, yeah. I'll cut myself off there. So. <laughs> well, yeah. I think, I think I'm with you there. And I think that's why we have maybe a greater appreciation for certain matches over others because of that realness to it um i I always point when it comes to noah you know the kiyomiya muto match from last year i feel like if you if you as a fan weren't willing to put that put the work in to understand that match it doesn't hit you the same as if you know you're just a wrestling fan who watches wrestling matches absolutely it's the work that noah put in to make that match feel so special that's why i loved it so much so i think you definitely check the box there and you know when talking about Kano and Nakajima that is the only duo you could put out there for 45 minutes in in Shinjuku face of all places and everyone's going to be roaring for all 45 minutes because it's going to be that cement like you said it's going to be just unbelievable violence and at the end you're like all right what's, what's the next chapter of this because that's they just keep telling stories each time there were a lot of details in that match too. Unfortunately, there wasn't commentary on it at all. But the, there were a lot of little details in the beginning, from uh, Nakajima wearing the Congo shirt and then folding mm-hmm. it up and they giving it back to to Kano. It really, if you're a martial arts fan in general and and understand the dojo lifestyle, it really it's it's powerful in that regard too. It, it felt like martial arts as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the having that context and like the the Muto Kiyomiya match that you mentioned from last year was like almost entirely like everything was connected to something that had had happened in the past. Yep. From from the moves to uh, uh, I tried to use this move last time, but I'm going to try something else this time. And there's a connection to it, but it's yeah. it's not as it's not as verbal as American wrestling, American wrestling, North American wrestling, especially. I, minus uh, Lucha Libre, that's its own flavor too, and that's a different discussion. But they're so it's so verbal. Yeah, it's, yeah. But uh, on the other hand, too, I wanted to mention this. What I thought was amazing about Nakajima and Kano was for almost ten minutes they didn't take a bump. Yeah, there were no, but they started taking bumps uh, almost ten minutes into the match. I think the first five minutes they barely touched, mm-hmm. and it was just the most compa- It was one of the most compelling parts of the matches. If I haven't said it already everybody please go out of your way and watch it on <laughs> wrestle universe because it's amazing it really is amazing though it truly is and i'm excited about it so you got me at a good time yeah th- but, they're a fantastic tandem uh nakajima kano like every match that they've had in their series has been fantastic every single one it's like it, the moment i see like them on the card together it's like all right here we go let's strap in yeah. baby let's let's get going yeah i always love seeing stuff I, like that I can watch them kick each other's chests in for 45 minutes, 60 minutes. They've, they've, they've done it all. That's the fun part. They've mm-hmm. done both of those now. 
Um, their their N one final from I think it was two years ago now is mm-hmm. one of my favorite Noah matches ever. One of my favorites. Uh, that's that... in the other room. I have the cover of the weekly Peresu with a with Keno on that cover. That that match uh, when, made he, when me he won fan. the and yeah. it was great. There were the, and you know it's a tough. It was tough when the changeover happened because of the pandemic. Because there were a lot of cool plans, but it, you know, it everything changed because of that. So, because of uh, the restrict, the restrictions were just uh, the pandemic restrictions were just kind of stripped away for the most part. At least when you're going through the airport, just this month in May. Yeah. So, um, that's another thing that you know, it's the country's not on pace with other countries in, in terms of that. So that's going to affect certain things. Also. The economy in Japan right now has like the the yen has never been lower mm-hmm. in my experience. Um, on the plus side, if you're an American wrestling fan, a lot of cheap merchandise go to Totocon. But um, but yeah, that's also factoring in too. So I mean, a sold out house means a lot, especially at Tokyo Dome was on a Tuesday. It's thirty thousand. You know, it it can happen, but it has to be with the right people. Yeah. Yeah. Merit counts a lot when it comes to pro wrestling in Japan. It does. I I can only imagine what you know the the legends of now what they'll do. You know, I'll probably start a you know, steakhouse or ramen <laughs> shop. <laughs> they often do. Uh, well, we started to talk about that already about the Kijimuto retirement show, the final show there. Uh, what sort of went into that show for you on your side of things? Uh, I was hired by the company just about a year ago. Yeah. ish and what after that was initially announced as retirement the tour or whatever we call it uh it was the final bye-bye tour yeah yeah that, um every i mean there I anything that needed that. to be oh go ahead i mean because i i for i just did everything that they asked me to it yeah. wasn't just it there were from setting up interviews to plugs and promos mm-hmm. to local promos to like like in LA to just it, it was such a whirlwind and I can tell you guys after it was it was after January 22nd the Sting and Darby show yeah yes that is when I felt like like I felt so <laughs> I've never felt so burnt out in my life actually mm-hmm. I, I felt and it was like my idea was to go to Tokyo Dome and you know, do some wrangling for Noah backstage, but to really enjoy the work that I did for the past yeah. year. I want, I was like, I want to, I've been working on it every day for forever. <laughs> I want to see this at least. I get to the country, I get to the airport, and I get asked to do commentary. I go, What? <laughs> <laughs> I never done it before. You did a great job. I, I, Thank I, you. I know people who specifically said you did the best job. And I was like, I don't. Think from from any time I've talked to him, I don't even think he does commentary. So it was impressive that you just were right on there. I was like, when they said Justin Nipper, I was like, wait a minute. That's <laughs> what I said. <laughs> um what a show the guy, though, huh? The other guys didn't know until the day before. I didn't I didn't meet Stu until like that day. Wow. Oh, wow. It was really it's not as uh, meticulous as some other companies when it comes to to sure. that. The one thing that we should know though, I think I don't know if it's I don't know how clear it is, but Wrestle Universe handles the English commentary and Abema does the Japanese side. 
okay. of all the production and the commentary. That's why they had like eight celebrities. They had Takeru K1. They had like uh, Rena Matsuki. She's like a huge influencer mm. and Liger, Tanahashi, Chono, all these. They got all the cool people. On the other side, it's <laughs> me. Sorry. <laughs> Bummer. So there is that, that, that's another thing that people, it's hard to, yeah. to understand. It's just, there's a, I have a lot of bosses or there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen for better mm-hmm. or for worse, because there's a lot of different, like, so Wrestle Universe is its own entity under Cyber Agent, but then there's Abema and then there's the Noah people. So it's like, it's a lot of moving parts. So I think that's one of the things that makes it different where I think in Indies over here or even companies over here, generally speaking, you could call your colleague up and go hey how about this and you go okay that sounds great let's do it bang that's it yeah but there's a lot more oversight the things need to be okayed and sent and, and analyzed and drafted it's, it's just the process is different which is crazy when you hear the story that i was just hey do commentary it's very not that yeah um i i loved it it was cool I, I really enjoyed myself, actually. It was, it was I don't fun. think you could have a better commentary debut. I know. That's why I should retire. <laughs> it's the perfect just, record, man. I would never do commentary again after that. I'd be like, oh, nope. Perfect record here. I mean, yeah, keep it clean, you know? Yeah. yeah. The Justin Nipper final bye-bye retirement tour is officially over. <laughs> it was quick. <laughs> it was a quick it was one. Quick. It was a quick, not as long as Muto's, but it was pretty quick. Well, it was also unplanned. <laughs> also unplanned. Uh, <laughs> But it was cool. It was cool, and it was it, it was fun. It was just you know, it's like if if you if you know your stuff, it's it's great. And yeah. I think the harder stuff was calling the non Noah uh, sure. matches because they are they are different brands. And I don't really I've helped out with some like Tokyo Joshi and DDT stuff in the past, but it's like there's no overlap really between offices. They're still kept pretty separate, even though they're all. We're all under Sanchiro Takagi. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, that <laughs> Technically. Leads us to a good question then. You know, I, I've always found it interesting that Noah doesn't work with DDT and TGPW as much. Obviously, the Muto show is different, but in Cyber Fight Festival, which is, a you know, its own thing. But I feel like most of the time everyone stays separate i think noah works a lot with the other japanese promotions like new japan all japan dragon gate while ddt and tjpw they're more likely to work with uh other companies overseas as we've seen you know ddt works with gcw tjpw obviously works with aw um do, do you know if that's just how these companies prefer it um do you think that's because noah's trying to you know work towards the japanese fans rather than maybe internationally as much because we've seen a little AEW crossover of course sting darby uh timothy thatcher but otherwise like we know they work together but not to the point of full-on like you know ddt but hey I, i'm happy they're not taking kaido kimia so um can i say the the only similarities that the companies have in general are like the the financials like it's all yeah. coming under the same umbrella so there's that in common 
and backstage people might float in between, but it's it's just more like we need extra hands for this. So sure. need, so it's less like that. Uh, DDT. I'm going to leave Tokyo Joshi Pro because Joshi is like a different. There's a different path we can go on that. But with DDT, uh, I sure. can tell you it's. And I guess in general for Tokyo Joshi Pro and women's wrestling in general, DDT is a lot more popular overseas than it is in Japan. DDT is a parody company. DDT has always been pretty much viewed as a parody company. For mm-hmm. it, it appeals to a certain crowd in Japan yeah. that it's a crowd that would watch downtown instead of pro wrestling. Downtown's like a like Saturday Night Live kind of like late night variety mm-hmm. show mm-hmm. and it has it's i mean in terms of japanese humor a lot of the stuff is really funny it's hilarious sometimes yeah it's a bit too naked for me sometimes but hey yeah, whatever yeah. It's, i think they have up. some <laughs> I th- they must have some kind of note on the back stage door that says pants are limited or maybe not allowed tonight <laughs> it's like they hate pants but i digress um, there the styles are so different, and the fan bases in Japan are so different. Yeah. Okay. Um, of course, there's crossover. Like people, I like, check out this, I check out that, but um, more so than over here, if you're a fan of like Noah or DDT, it's like your team. Like I like this is my style. They represent me. They represent what I think pro wrestling is, and I think I don't think we'll see much crossover. To be honest, um, if there yeah. were, if there was crossover, it could it would be like one person come. You know what I mean? But yeah, so it, it, not not like a, a a joint show. I don't. I only see that stuff happening with Cyber Fight, Cyber Fight Fest. But in- you have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech general they they're separate brands it's it's like um i don't know yeah noah wants to have the view that they're in the mix with not just pro wrestling but like mma too it's more more leaning towards sport where dt leans more towards entertainment with some really high quality strong style or whatever you call them matches sure that i saw i saw brooks and higuchi from a couple weeks ago which was Mm. phenomenal yeah yeah so yeah the brands are different with tokyo joshi pro i mean it's really really in the early stages with noah's women's division but like like you said there's tokyo joshi pro (laughs) (laughs) there's tokyo joshi pro but i think if anything does happen in noah with women it would be women strictly working for Noah and Noah style. And I've pretty much seen that. I mean, the, the the females that we've seen come through, they're either they're independent, they're freelance or they do some work for stardom, but they're not Tokyo Joshi pro. And it's, it's meant to be kept separate to keep the brand separate. 
Yeah. Um, I I also think the if there's more crossover, I mean the the money would all be going to the same place, right? So <laughs> so then it would be like it's cool, but I don't know, like I don't know how many other like how how much crossover would you get in general? A little sure. bit, like once a year is good, but if the, yeah. if there was more of it, I think the the it would just be a different flavor. But you never know. Yeah. But with Noah, I think it's going to be more. I, I probably see them working more with New Japan than like DDT. Yeah, seems that way. And uh, th- I mean, I've asked you about the women's stuff multiple times with TJPW kind of being the big. Well, you have a whole brand that's part of the same you know business, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily part of the same company, right? Um, because you know, Yuka Sakazaki obviously said she's not. If she were to ever come back to Japan, she wouldn't work for a Joshi company. And the first thing I thought of, well guess noah would maybe count for that because i don't I don't see her jumping ship to say stardom or anything because there's a um neutral respect there between her and tjpw but huh. you never know i guess uh with the noah women's stuff it's kind of like uh, it's still really in the early stages and it like test stages so mm. it's hard to say but yeah. i know that there will be probably a different flavor to it and they they do want to have brand separation, like, okay. uh, and as far as like f- general fan consensus, Noah fans really don't like TJP because of the style. I mean, Noah fans yeah. want hard hitting pro wrestling. It's very different, yeah. And I mean, th- but that's also why Tokyo Joshi, as well as DDT, has they get over more in the states because it's actually. Even though it's a lot of it's parody wrestling, it's a lot of it is inspired by American wrestling. So it just, there's yeah. more of like a bloodline there. Sanshiro Takagi is so inspired and obsessed with like a Attitude Era WWE, like the Booker T Steve Austin grocery store fight. <laughs> like, like it's such a massive influence on him, and and, and a lot of uh, like newer people that like grew up watching. WWE when it came to Japan in the early 2000s. So, yeah. All right. Let me, before we move away from the women's stuff, I will ask you, and we've talked a little bit about this. So, I think I know the answer. But if the women's stuff does continue, who's one woman you'd bring in for that division? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's an easy answer. She's w- a good free agent right now. <laughs> yeah. I would, br- oh my gosh. I, I, I'm, they're like all the names are just overflowing in my head because I think there's so much talent that's not signed to stardom that are oh they're u- working yeah, awesome. already using them really well Hashimoto, Hashimoto. Uh, and you uh Hiroyo Matsumoto um like all the Sendai girls Iwata, Mika Iwata is a big star Dashi Sako yeah. would be huge in the states I think I do hardcore too. style I do um too. uh and even I watched that Sariism show, and there were like two younger girls in that opening match. Rico Kaiju, yeah, she's and, good. Uh, Eureka Oka, yeah, they were good. I like that. I like the more heart. Oh, and um, Michiko Miyagi. She used to be Andreas Miyagi, yep. and uh, she's she, in, uh, late now. Late, I think. Yep, she's fantastic. I mean, there's uh, Ram Kaichao. If we could, you know, get she's her popular locked up. I don't. I think she's technically freelancer still, but I don't know. But there's so there's so much talent that like i would go to these shows back in the day and it'll be like 30 people it's so yeah. weird to see but they they come to the states i can 
perform in front of a couple thousand. So sure. that's also like that's the thing to go back to the earlier question about like the difficulties with like people value different things in Japan and the states. Mm-hmm. So it's not even about right and wrong. It's just like if someone doesn't care about this and they want that and it's the opposite on the other side, that's even more difficult because there's not it's not about emotions or or what you believe or what. It's just how it is. And it's we have to figure out how we can make it work and bring it all together. And again, that goes especially with women's wrestling. I think that without commentary without even explanation you get such an explosive experience like sari and hashimoto from from that show i was talking about yeah. you don't got to know anything about wrestling that's just awesome yeah. i mean it was just it, it they're just so good and they show their heart mm-hmm. and that is the way to connect it yeah. but how, how do you do that in it, it, it takes time it takes it a lot of time it does so you you talked about uh, like people being popular in the states. Do you see at any point Noah trying to run a show in the states, or at the very least doing some sort of showcase something in uh, in America? First part of your question, I can answer flat out no. There's no nothing planned, and the main reason behind that is from what I've been told, Noah doesn't want to run any shows outside of Japan unless they can use the same Abema production that they use in Japan. That makes sense. That's fair. That's Noah feel. And, that, to, uh, and to add just to uh, Claire of that, that's one thing that people have complained about, like the New Japan uh, US things, is that TV Asai doesn't, you know, they do the production in Japan, they don't do it in America. It's ugly. <laughs> you said I it, saw I that New York it. City match, that New York, the New York City thing they did last yeah. year. It's like, it's just a bummer for fans because it's that's a big step. That's a gap in quality. So it, it and the the visual, the whole aesthetic. I know the kids love to use the word aesthetic these days, but the aesthetic of Noah right now with Abema is really one of the key points of bringing new people in, just because it looks so damn good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was amazing. I got to see the kind of backstage, the what it like headquarters where they run all the hundreds of monitors where they're running the show yes i mean it's a big freaking operation it's it's so so that's the the main reason why in the immediate future there will probably be no uh noah Mm -hmm. shows showcases and all that that's awesome i'd love to i've pitched a lot of stuff but it's just not a lot of the stuff has to do with visas and um and that but there are new opportunities too because the United States has this new group entertainers visa. I don't know if you guys know about, but it's what there's a little inside baseball. But like, there's a company, Mast Republic, I believe, or Republic of Lucha. I yeah. think is that the they're also is that the, like, the, the Lucha Bros company? Yeah. It's all it, there's a lot of different elements there, but they're also doing. A uh, like a talent agency mainly for the luchadors. Yes, I think oh. we and talked, they're using. I think we talked about it on the show when that happened. Maybe like a year, yeah, like six months ago, like Something last like late last year. Something like that. It's it's ultimately uh, how like Vikingo came into the states, if I recall. That's right. That's right. It's also what got a few Noah guys on to some West Coast shows last right. year. Nakajima. Marfuji, Nakajima. Yeah, I think that was it on Noah's side, but it was all kind of included. So, so I mean, something like that would be awesome, but it's just like scheduling, 
Uh, do the people above me want to do it? If so, that would take a lot of planning, and things are kind of focused on Japan right now. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely fatigue after February. I mean, that it felt like, oof, and I think you know that kind of served as like a cyber fight fest for the year. Yeah. Between that and like altogether, altogether again is more New Japan production though. So it's more like Noah's talent's going to be on the show, but Noah's not. We're not really involved. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You. you t- well. Okay. So say say the opportunity did come for a showcase match, right? Just to make fans here in America, you pick two guys. What's the match you do? I guess it depends on where or which crowd. Sure, but I mean, CW like, crowd maybe. Let's let's say let's just say pick a random city. Uh, Chicago, I don't know. That's, okay, that's, that no, seems Chicago's like a, that's a great. That's people a great, love that town nowadays. That's a good wrestling town. <laughs> I mean, you could do something like Nakajima and Keno, right? Yeah. But my ideal would be to. I really want to show Kumia. Yeah. I, I don't think people realize how good he is. He is like a modern day, like a Sting, like a. He has so much natural baby face energy yeah like people think he's like a messiah in japan or something like they love him and mm-hmm. he's he he's got a good heart i think he just needs to be seen and he needs to be in the right uh setting yeah. either but the thing with kiyomiya is like i don't know who i i, I would want to put him with somebody from outside of noah okay sure. because when you put i want it because he's somebody who could he works a lot of different styles, actually. In ways, he's a lot like Okada. Like, yeah. he can have different kinds of matches. I'd want to put him with somebody like, I don't know, Wheeler Utah. Oh, interesting. Or even Brian Danielson, somebody All like right, that. Works. <laughs> but I mean, that's like cheating, though. You can put sure, yeah, Danielson in true. anything, it's good. But like, somebody who's around the same age and maybe has like more clout as well. Sure. I think I think he would actually tear it down with somebody like Jonathan Gresham. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I think those like guys like that that are technically sound, but also they've got personality and fire. Yeah. That's what he has too, just in a different way. He's he's more fundamentally perfect. A lot of people say he has this like photogenic memory where he can see something and just do it exactly the same. It's like he bumps in a perfectly symmetrical way all the time he's very safe everything is picture perfect um so i i'd like to see how that would blend with somebody else from states or that company wxw they have lots of really yep. interesting hard-hitting guys too yep so i i want people to realize how good kiyomiya actually is and i think it's so silly that people think well he lost so he must <laughs> suck oh uh, i don't know what i don't it's like do i even bother even trying to it's just just wait and see just wait and see i'm that confident on it yeah well we sort of talked about also that the international audience and and bringing new talent into noah um as someone who works in the pr department what are some of the challenges that you think you face in showcasing the new unknown talent that Noah brings in every once in a while. Last year, for instance, uh, Noah brings in Jack Morris into the N1 tournament, uh, a guy out of Scotland. We talked to him. We interviewed him on our show. Um, and, you know, the internet obviously said, like, uh, reacted immediately, like, who the hell is this guy? 
Mm. Um, so what is it? What does it go into in your world of showcasing someone that seemingly is an unknown guy into this Noah tournament? Mm. Jack is a good example because I don't know if you guys, okay. So I don't know if you guys saw about a year ago, there was like an advertisement. This It was yep. like a, a bounty hunter advertisement. Yeah. I had a question about it. <laughs> well, I mean, that that's how, that's how Jack got hired. Yeah. He sent his stuff in. That's how I got hired. But I, oh, I did, okay. I did something a little different. I, I, I was, that's for another time, but I, I did you not offer I did not offer to wrestle or anything. You are like that. you are Noah Fett, as I like to call it. <laughs> I don't know if the things get uh, more dire. I might have to break out uh, Noah Fett. Um, <laughs> but so with Muto and his appearance, he it was a success financially for the company. There was more money to experiment with talent and. He was brought in. There were some other issues too. Another wrestler. And there was an opening, and and also somebody got injured too. So there was an opening, and they brought him in. I wasn't familiar with Jack either. We came in right around the same time, but yeah, uh, a lot of it was you know it's a gamble, and uh, that was last year though. There's no Muto this year, so it's a, a little more. Um, what we did this year. Well, I guess starting last year, there was a big tryout in San Jose. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which that's how we got Sean Legacy. But that's a that's like a new, excuse me, new system. New. It's Marafuji is really involved in that. Okay. But it, it, it's like a new way of recruiting because there's no uh, there's no uh, overseas dojo. The dojo up there, it's not like open. Like the LA dojo for New Japan is here now. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's just different. So for new talent, I think there's a focus on trying to bring up your new young Noah talent that belongs to Noah. Like there's this fellow Taishi Ozawa who started last September. He's an athletic freak, but he's still like still really new. He's really great. If you saw the match, uh, he had the opening match last night where he lost in brief fashion to Manabu Soya. But again, that's what happens when you're a rookie. You lose. Yeah. You lose yeah. hard sometimes. Sometimes you, you eat a shit sandwich. But right. I think the the philosophy is slowly but surely building up one or two guys at a time. But with, mm. with foreigners, uh, that again, trial, you know, it's trial periods and what works and what doesn't. A lot of the times, it's not just about the, the talent, but it's also about the person's uh, international visa ability. Yeah. Sometimes there have been things that like cool things that happen, but it's just paperwork and visa stuff is what got in the way. It's always a lot less exciting when you find out like, Oh, what's the deal with this? What happened? You look and you see what happened. And it's like, really? <laughs> it's, it's just like, it's just a bummer. Like last year, um, Thatcher couldn't do the N one and it wasn't yes. his fault. Mm-hmm. There was a huge surge in covid and the the offices like all government offices were just flooded and understaffed and his yeah. stuff his stuff came in but it just came in too late for a tour and that that sucked because the, and it doesn't it's we reported it and all but it's kind of like the psychology of a fan it's like if they don't see it, it's like you're dead yeah and it's and stuff like that happens a lot when you're dealing with international situation especially when it's Japan when it's Canada Mexico 
when you could talk to border people like face to face, it's a different game. Mm-hmm. But it's such a production, so these things really need to be like planned out long in advance and for X amount of time because of visa limitations. Are they going to be on a visa for three months? Are they on for a year? Yeah. So that's always that, that'll always be an like an issue, good or bad. But it, it's something that I, I I wish fans would take a little more time to just realize that it's not just hey come over and get in the ring. There's a lot of just BS as performers that they need to go through just because that's the game. Those are the rules. So sometimes it's just a not exciting bummer why someone could or couldn't come and make it to a show. But it's always something we'll kind of have to get around. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess one of our last questions here, and I think this will kind of open it up. You know, we talked about Jack Morris kind of getting some big spots recently, and I think Sean Legacy is on the way there. What chances would you like to see Noah take? in this post era, as we've seen Jake Lee's on top of the world. That feels like one of the biggest chances they could have taken. Right. He walked, he walked in from all Japan who, you know, I think most of us agree at this point, all Japan's below Noah, but he's a guy who's very popular um, with, you know, the female demographic, especially uh, I think if, if you know, and I've heard you talk about that a little bit, um, I'm hit or miss on Jake Lee personally, but I understand the chance that's being taken here. Uh, so, like, what are some chances you would like to see? How do you feel about Jake Lee as GHC heavyweight champion as well? Well, I'll talk about Jake Lee at first. I love Jake Lee. And this will lead into the an- the answer that you yeah. initially asked for. But Jake Lee is a gr- another great example of someone who is way, way more over in Japan than overseas. <laughs> Yeah. And it's very much because of the new internal uh, like characteristics that really turn people on because of him. And first of all, the good looking guys thing, it's because ladies are obsessed with this man. <laughs> he, it, I, even when he was in all Japan, when he was wearing like the melon colored uh, shorts, he, I remember he was in some like, like FHM kind of magazine. Like, you know, like I, women's um i I don't know you know women's culture like here's a he's he was in those he's like he has a k-pop look with the build of like okada he's a big dude um the way he talks in japanese he can speak english pretty well he's trying he speak korean too but in japanese he has a lot more personality and flavor than a lot of the noah roster which is a little more sports, a little more like jock responses, you know, rhetoric. Uh, yeah, I'll do my best next time. Thanks. You know, that, that's a lot that I just translated a lot of Japanese promos for you right now. <laughs> you're not, it's just pretty, it's just it's what it is. It's all it needs to be. Jake is really nuanced. He's really calm. People like that. He's calm. I don't hear Americans ever say i like this wrestler because he has a calm personality that's just it's just a taste thing so what needs to be done is i think on commentary we got to get him over more we got to call his moves that that are a big part of those stories like the backdrop was massive like it was his killer move when he was in old japan and the history of the backdrop in japanese pro wrestling 
that move means so much more in Japan than over here. It was the right. it was the move that Luthes beat Ricky Dozon with. Oh my God, backdrop. So I, I think there needs to be his move set is also very like we were talking about with um, Muton Kiyomiya last year. It's that style where it's it's very very pieced together, connected, and the moves they're not maybe as flashy as Ray Phoenix, but they mean something in that moment. And it's this whole story that's being built right now. He keeps talking about, um, how do you say it like in English? He wants to, he's trying to absorb or learn everyone's history. Almost think of it like Shang Tsung taking somebody's soul and becoming them. That's my take on it. It's not exactly, he's not really taking their soul, but when he beat Marafuji, when he beat Kiyomiya and Nakajima, he's he's like taking elements of them and he's trying to put it into to who he is as a wrestler. And I, that kind of stuff, it needs to either be verbalized or just uh, more, we need to explain more and more. Chances uh, taking uh, the, the Noah office that we should take is just to try to reach out and try to do things to, to get guys like Jake Lee over uh and realize that now we're on an international platform now. We're on the podium and it's international. Now it's a double-edged sword. I love how Japanese Noah is, but it can also be isolating to people who don't get it. Yeah. So in in a bigger sense, take more chances internationally from bigger things like showcases or whatever to just, you know, advertising and and catch copy and and those I, I think it, the chances that we need to take shouldn't be small chances should be bigger chances yeah and because i think they've got a lot of momentum early on this year yeah and makamura did a lot for this company uh sting darby that was big show like there was big stuff that happened yeah so i think it's if we're ever going to take any chance this year is a good time to start planning that because you know momentum it fades out man Momentum in wrestling fades within weeks. You can you could be on top of the world and then you could be forgotten because uh, there's so um, much. There's just there's so much being thrown at us, and like it or not, as Americans, I I feel like I can say we're trend whores. It's just what we are. Mm -hmm. It's much different from Europe and it's different from Japan because of the nature of the industry here, where it's just fucking pounding content out, pounding shows out. Thanks, WWE. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> double-edged sword. It, yeah, it's for working. Some people, it's working for them. You know, it yeah. is. They're it, making it, money. <laughs> and uh, to be honest, I hear a lot of people more. Uh, a lot more people are satisfied with WWE than non-WWE stuff these days, too. Sure, it's true. So it, it's just it's all about that flow. So it, taking a chance also is based on the momentum flow of 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 the moment and being aware of that. And it's hard to be aware when you're in two countries that are far away from each other. So I, I don't know if that's a sub, like a good answer because it's not very direct because I don't know exactly, but I would love to see more no talent over in the States if we can make it happen on, on like a, a realistic note, you know, yeah. it, I, it's just a lot. It's a lot of non-wrestling stuff that gets in the way. Yeah. So, sure. well, yeah. This interview is going to be coming out the Sunday before Green Journey Nagoya. I feel like we would be remiss if we didn't uh, talk to you about that show uh, mm-hmm. happening on June 17th. Top of the card, we have the aforementioned Jake Lee 
defending his GHC heavyweight title versus Takeshi Segura. We also have Huxley and Thatcher defending their titles against Masaki Miyata and Yoshiki Inamura. And we also have Kongo versus Axis. Um, what are your sort of expectations and excitement for this show? I'm stoked for the main event. I think people are sleeping on it. I think people will sleep on it. Uh, Sugiura turned 30, excuse me, 53 last night. I was like, 30? Whoa! Yeah, no, he looks like he's he in his 30s. 30s. Yeah. He looks... He's amazing. Uh, I, I think people are going to sleep on that, but they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. I think um, it's Jake Lee's best match. I'm calling it now. That's a lot to say, because that Marufuji match he had was really... I thought that was his best so far, but... Uh, I think it was, see. too. I think it was too, and I'm I'm happy Jake Lee's working with people like Sugiura instead of younger people because I want him to be able to working with those more experienced guys. He's going to learn a lot more and employ that later on, and that should be good. There, there's some stuff happening right before Green Journey too. I know that the junior heavyweight tag is on the line against the new Stinger duo, which Mm -hmm. is a really pretty fire duo of Chris Ridgway and Daga. Mm-hmm. I thought they're both of them are looking really good these days. We're going to go Hard against to follow stingers current. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't speak much to that, but uh, this is the Rudos stingers. Yeah. Uh, this, this week, this week's lineup. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, uh, story aside, the in ring will be yes. absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there were some other matches that were just announced like last night, so I have to yep. recheck some of them, but it should be good, and it'll be on Wrestle Universe, English commentary and all that good stuff. But um, And I believe that, I don't know when, but soon we'll get some N1 announcements for the summer. Oh, that's exciting. That's the, the, the tickets are going on sale soon. Uh, I, I got the list of all the venues. Like, we're about to, you know, launch that promotion soon too. So things are gearing up, and I think the next big story will will see some very interesting stuff at N one. Uh, interesting combinations, I'm sure. So I know there's sort of rumors being and reports being floated out there, literally hours before we started recording. And I won't necessarily ask you to confirm those or not. Um, do you expect those N one participant announcements to come sooner rather than later? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they were announced in July instead of June, but I'm not sure. All right. uh, de- it depends on the schedule and it depend. I don't, I don't think everything in the N1 is like finalized. So sure. Yeah. Uh, like the, just the venues and ticket sales that those are just getting finalized, but, uh, soonish, soonish, soonish. Okay. All right. August is the month, so I, I, and there's going to be another big show in July. So between now and July, you should hear more and more stuff. That makes sense. That makes sense. Well, again, thank you so much, Justin, for coming on to the show. Um, we greatly appreciate you coming on here. Um, uh, we obviously very much appreciate it. But I would be remiss to say before you go is that, you know, we're interviewing you. We did an interview with Jack Morris. And, you know, you obviously have, have people in the back office what do what do Scotty and I have to do to become Noah Bounty Hunters? How do we collect that 300 k? You know, how, what what do we what do we got to do to get get to that platform? You know, well, firstly, I should let you know, like I, I haven't gotten a three hundred k yet, so <laughs> I don't know where it is. I mean, it, 
do whatever you'd like, but I can't guarantee you 300 K is at the end of the tunnel. Um, I don't know if the bounty hunter program is still, is still happening, but, um, uh, <laughs> no, don't worry about it. Don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't worry about All it. All I can tell you is I have definitely not seen three hundred thousand dollars. Not yet. That's but, fair. Um, That's fair. I was going to say maybe someday, but I'm. Okay, you hope so. Well, I'm. I'm. I just want to say uh, on the record, I am. I'm fully compensated. I'm very happy. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Well, it, you know, I'm it, not complaining about pay. You may, you may not have <laughs> you know, gotten 300K that. 300k would be nice. You may have not gotten that 300k bounty yet, but it did get you a job with Noah, and it brought a bunch of other guys into Noah. So I think that, at, at the very least, is a, uh, you know, you don't get the one shot, but you do get a a year long's journey with uh, with Noah here. So I think that's definitely a, a good enough reward, I would say. I say, ask Jack Morris where that three hundred thousand dollars. I'm is. going to. I I want to <laughs> talk to him. I would love to talk to him. This is like an off mic thing, probably. But no, no, we're still recording, so I'm not going to say it's off mic. Um, I <laughs> I want to talk to him again, just like to do like a year after yeah. we first interviewed him as like a roundup after a year in Noah, especially. And I'm going to straight up ask him, like, "Hey, man, where did you get? Where did that money go? Where did, where's, what's <laughs> happening over here?" Um, it has, it's been less than a year for him and i'm really happy for like how he went from like you said a lot of people were on i didn't know him either yeah to not only getting over like gangbusters but he also has a very um what's a good word uh aggressive or yeah. uh die hard fan base of females Yes. Who who enjoys Have you seen him? Three <laughs> percent body fat. That yeah. That son sounds, of a gun sounds high. Yeah. Uh, His yeah, match with Wagner Jr. was fantastic. Was, that was thing. Like that was that was the. I wouldn't say breakout performance. I think he had breakout performances before that, but that was the, like the, the Jake Lee one at the very beginning. That great. was that was breakout performance. Obviously, it was an upset win, but that was a breakout performance for me. Oh, you mean Cumia? Yes, Kia. Oh, yeah, yeah. yes, 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 thank yes. you. The first match, wasn't it yes. the first match? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. First match, uh first match in Noah, first match in the N1. Uh yeah, he wins. So again, that's another great detail. I mean, he beat Kiyomiya when Kiyomiya was on a skid, and he beat him with Tiger Driver, yeah, which mm-hmm. is very meaningful in pro wrestling Noah. All that stuff means something. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee that if he'll be in the N1 this year. All of that stuff that happened last year will be brought back, and it'll be a part. It's it's his story now. Oh yeah, he's he's another one that's like I'm I'm very confident in like just let him do his thing. He's he's gotten he was good and he's gotten so much better. Yeah, like since the, it, it's a, a acute improvement. So yeah, yeah, we're we, part of Jack. We were waving the flag for Jack Morris over here because we were like looking at the uh, the Wrestle Kingdom schedule and sort of the Noah schedule. We're like, ooh, uh, Kaito Kiyomiya versus uh, uh, Jack Morris right before the Okada match. There's a good shot. Maybe Jack Morris can win it here. Maybe maybe, maybe Kiyomiya's eye is off the ball. I don't know. I think Jack Morris got a shot. That's fair. That's very fair to say. Jack Morris is a thorn in Kiyomiya's side. Mm -hmm. An unexpected Scottish thorn. So I hope you were waving that Scottish flag for him. I I was doing my best. I was doing my best down here in Georgia, you know? (laughs) um i gotta gotta get that bounty um well thank you justin (laughs) for joining us so much uh thank you having me it's been a pleasure having you um where can people find you 
on Twitter, I'm at Justin M. Nipper, K-N-I-P-P-E-R. And if you are interested in the NOAA business inquiries and such, I'm at release at noaa.co.jp. And if anyone needs you for commentary, you are officially retired. So that that don't ask. <laughs> oh, if they have 300K, I'll maybe come out of retirement. <laughs> that's the, that's that the only uh, – it has. To, it goes from – it goes from this, and the finances have to meet up with the Tokyo Dome. Mm. Yeah, Fair that's enough. right. Uh, but uh, yeah, if if anybody is interested uh, in commentary, let me know. Three hundred K is my fee, <laughs> or the Tokyo Dome, either <laughs> one. Uh, I think I'm done with that one. I checked that <laughs> one. I'll, I'll leave you with a fun story before we left. Oh, I am so happy that I got to do this. I was so proud of it. I got to take a whiz in the Yomiri Giants dugout during the show. <laughs> I and I alone. And it was, I knew I knew when I could do it, too. It was like a six hour show. And I knew that the Amaksa Hiromu Takahashi, I knew that the VTR was 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. I knew I would have time to run to the restroom. And I ran to the restroom. And I was in the dugout relieving myself. And I, I looked at the English language sign of a P dehydration. It was a chart. Yeah. Uh, a color chart. I was relatively dehydrated. Well, talk, <laughs> talk about being a relief pitcher. Um, hey, that was good. Oh, man. That's Give this guy 300K. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, thank you very much for coming on the show, Justin. Uh, and we thank you all for listening to this. And we'll see you all next time for Ring Post Radio. See ya. This has been a Countout Podcast. Hey, have you guys heard of the new show on the Countout Network, the Ichiban Sweetcast? It's the brand new New Japan Pro Wrestling Podcast starring the International Wrestling Grand Prix. That's me, your good friend Curtis Spears. And me, your bad friend Rafe Houston. And we're here to talk about everything New Japan Pro Wrestling reacting to everything, getting worked up, getting very happy, sometimes crying. Kind of like like something else we used to do, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that was the old uh, Okada Shorts podcast, right? Ah, that's right. And if you love that show, you're going to love this show because it's exactly the same show. Yeah, we just had to change the name. Yeah, we, we did. But you can check it everywhere on a social media handle that we haven't made yet. <laughs> yeah, we're really new to this. So <laughs> what you can do is search on your favorite podcast catcher of choice. Look for... The Ichiban Sweetcast. Sweetcast, Ichiban.